0: A belief is like a law, but even very old laws can be changed quickly if enough people vote for something new.
1: This is Three Marketers Walk Into A Podcast, episode 71.
0: You're listening to Three
2: Marketers Walk Into A Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. It's hailed as the second biggest search engine on the internet. But are any of us really any good at using it? Today, we're talking about
1: YouTube. That's right, not me-tube or we-tube or he-she-or-it-tube. It's YouTube. Yay! Yay. It was a, grammar, a grammatical joke for you there. Hey, this is Rob and Kennedy Hello from Response Suite.
2: We're back once again in your ear holes. Thanks for joining us. Big high five to all the new listeners. Thanks for dropping in. What was that? That was the high five. Oh, was that high five? I wasn't sure that was them dropping in.
1: Has anyone ever given themselves a high five before? No. Never in the history of the world ever and never Are should have again. Are you going to ha- do it now again for the first time ever? ever? I've just done it. There it is again. It's happened twice now. That wasn't quite because of the
2: first time. <laughs>
1: it's basically just clapping, isn't it? But To one side. <laughs> like <a> re- <laughs> Well, you have to, because otherwise it doesn't have the same impact. Absolutely. It's sort of like if you see something really bad and you give it that sarcastic hand
2: clap. or oh, the single clap or the slow clap? The single clap. The single That's clap worse than, than the, the slow clap. clap. It's a bit like the single laugh. Ha! <laughs> Mortified. Here we are on 3
1: marketers' Water podcast talking about the clap.
2: <laughs> yes, all Right. okay. Settle down, settle in. Eyes down, looking. Right. Okay. Great. So, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Have you had a nice week, Rob.
1: Yes. Very good.
2: It's mm-hmm. another another. Oh, it's, it's another blazer, isn't got it? Got me shorts really on today. You have got your shorts on. I noticed that. I was I was thinking it might actually end up raining, which does concern me a bit. I'm really excited for this interview because Marley Baird's on the show, and I've been following her for quite a while. And she's killing it over on YouTube. She's absolutely. Great. If you don't follow her on Instagram, you should really follow her. She she really documents her life and her relationship with her husband, and they have. It's really good fun. really, really is good fun. So go find Marley Baird all over on the uh, social media. There's some
1: lovely bits in our YouTube videos where I stop and think, oh, crikey, I wish I would thought of that. Like really? just some moments, little sort of bits of B-roll or funny bits of extra footage shoved in. And I just think, oh, I was, I really, see, there's, there's one that's about... I think it's about scripting your videos, maybe. Okay, we're gonna talk about that in this episode a little really cool. bit
2: as well. So no spoilers, please. No, no, sir. no, it's
1: just some of the some of the framing of what she's doing is really, really great. And uh, yeah, the minute I saw that, I thought, like, we've
2: got to have her on the podcast. Oh, well, there you go. That's very cool of you. So I'm gonna read out another another lovely new listener review over on the old, I don't know which platform this was on, but thank you for everybody. If you're a new listener, by the way, do go and leave us a review on your favorite podcast machine, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or whatever the heck you're using, we'd love, we'd really love to hear from you. We'll read them out as well. So let's do this one from Coach Bella said, great show, great show with cheeky hosts. Good listen, highly recommended to any marketer. And actually, I know who that is. We had her as a guest actually later after she- The, the lovely, lovely Bella Vasta. lovely Bella Vasta, wish you can hear on one of the very early episodes of the podcast all the way back when- Lots of references to front gardening. That was. He had a, had a really good laugh with Bella, didn't we? So do, do go and listen to hers. If you haven't already, do go and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. We'd really, really appreciate it. Before we go any further, let's head on over into Rob's quote of the week. Yes, because as they say, as flowers grow, milk bottles float. So much synergy there. So much, it's a very synergistic quote of the day there. I really like that. There you go. You're welcome. Yeah, there you go. There you go. How's your email marketing getting along, Rob? Uh, it's really good, actually. Thank you. Most people are whinging about it, aren't they? They say, yeah.
1: oh, it's... Open rates are going down. Email doesn't work anymore. It's oh, tricky out Don't there. you hate it when the scaremonger has come about anything? Oh, that doesn't work anymore. Email oh, marketing. No, you can't do that. It's Ooh. dead.
2: It's all about influencers now. Not true. (laughs) Email still works really well. It works really, really well. The thing is, obviously, the way way it works has changed. The world's changed. The way we all consume content has changed. And we'd love to share with you the changes we have observed and the way that we overcome those changes with our modern email marketing, the way we're doing it right now. That's right. We have
1: been going through the change and uh, we've come out the other side of it and we can tell you all about how we did it with email marketing.
2: We are. And we're doing that in a very free and a very nice web class which is uh, coming up so if you want to go and register for that it's totally free for you as a listener of the podcast come and join us we'll share you the ins and outs we'll give you screenshots and ideas and visuals and stuff so you can really get that working in your little business or big business or whatever the heck you're at you just do that over at response slash webinar response com slash webinar you can get yourself tucked into that there you go wasn't that lovely so what we're gonna do now let's talk to Marley. Direct from an Instagram story near you, it's Marley Baird and the Three Marketers Walk Into the Podcast. How are you?
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I'm good. How are you?
2: They're really good. Dead excited that you uh, you found some time to hang out. I'm really excited to speak to you.
0: Oh, this is so fun. I couldn't resist when I heard the name of your podcast and just like saw your energy. I was like, this is something I want to I hang out with you guys for sure.
2: <laughs> and regret will ensue. Now, <laughs> recently
1: I wanted to start a YouTube channel. So I did the first big step and I went and bought a camera. So that's good. And then the camera has basically sat in its case for the rest of the time. And the reason is I picked it up and I, I sort of hit record and I was ready to go. And then I just went... Uh, what am I saying? What am I going to talk about? So I guess the first question I want to talk about is when we watch these polished YouTubers like you creating great videos that are engaging content, where does that come from? Is that something that we should be looking to script and write out every single word? Is it something we should just be looking to know our stuff on and wing it? Or should it be a combination of the two somewhere?
0: Well, I think of, I mean, your YouTube videos are evergreen. Like these are, these are on a platform where it's not like on Facebook lives or anything you post on Instagram that they just disappear after some time and they drown in the algorithm. These are videos that people can be finding for years to come. So think of it like, would you prepare for a keynote presentation in front of thousands of people? I would hope so, a little bit there. So we we don't necessarily script it word for word. Sometimes we would, depending on if it's a topic that, that we want to be a little bit more polished on. But at least having the format where you have an intro that really hooks people in, like you need to have uh, Russell Brunson teaches hook, story, offer, because that's going to be something that, you know, that drives them to, that con- conversion, of course, we want them mm-hmm. to take that call to action. We want to compel them throughout the video. So yeah, definitely scripting them like the intro, even just bullet points, and then an outro that really again drives them to that call to action.
2: Okay, so we've got the intro that brings them in. So, have you got some techniques that you use when you're sort of teaching people and mentoring people in terms of how do you come up with that beginning bit? Because it's the it's the video equivalent of when you're writing your first ebook or or that email of staring at the blank page. It's, it's bloody intimidating, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. And you want to have people whether like you said, reading an email or like that first line or the first thing that they hear, like really hooks them in. Like, oh, that's me. How, it's like, they're in my brain. How did they know? If you're just saying like, I mean, there, I mean, there's nothing wrong with introducing yourself and your credibility. Like that's absolutely like, hi, this is Marley. And I'm the author of this like, big bestselling author. Like that's, that's how people are going to know, oh, this is someone I want to listen to. But then that next line should be right about what exactly is their pain point so that you can really that they hear it and they're like, this is something that I need to give all my attention to. Stop scrolling through Instagram. Stop like paying attention to anything else. This is what I need right now. So instead of like, we always talk about this, that you have to frame your message in a way that you're not dragging your audience, kicking and screaming to the water and forcing them to drink, but you're showing them the path and awakening their thirst so that you can get that emotional response you need for people to follow your call to action.
2: You've got a hell of a way with words. I I mean, I I just love the mental pictures that you're sort of describing here about that first and all that sort of stuff. And that's obviously something that you've worked really hard at. And that's really important from the moment the video starts though, isn't it? Start painting those mental pictures.
0: Absolutely. Like your, your mind is, is you have, think of how people are like, they are visual learners, they're auditory learners. And if you can paint that picture in all those different ways, that's how you're really going to hook them. And like I said, get that emotional response from them because people are going to make decisions based on emotion, based on how you make them feel.
1: Hmm. Okay. So let's imagine we've got our topic for the video and that's a whole different podcast episode for another day. So we know what, what the video is going to be about and therefore we know the rough stuff that we've got to cover. Maybe the three or four points that are going to take somebody from A to B. So what's your starting point now? What do you do? You've, you know, you presume, do you, do you like write this word for word? Are you just looking to like make bullet points? How do you start to get your thoughts into? So is that, is
2: that, is that a the process script? just before you hit record? Like what what do you plan out what's on the piece of card what's on the paper before you go and hit record
0: i like to script out the intro because especially if i'm going to be telling a story i want to make sure that i'm really hooking them and and bringing that emotional piece to it so i like to script the intro word for word or at least and this intro really is only a few sentences so it doesn't take too much to do that and then bullet point the middle so that i'm i get all my talking points cuz i used to film like this where i would just turn on the camera and ramble and then That makes it a lot harder for editing too, because like you don't have an actual format or, or anything you're fault. Or then you like, you say something, you're like, oh yeah. And I forgot this thing like right at the beginning. And then that's not easy for the audience to, to follow your storyline. So Mm -hmm. we definitely, we script the intro and then we bullet point the middle, like the meat and the potatoes of it. And then I'll script the outro.
2: That's really interesting because you do see some videos and I've absolutely done one myself, not one, many myself, where they do meander around a point and you think, you get the end of it and go, what was I even talking about at the beginning of this? I totally see that. So you're scripting that opening bit and for a lot of us who are thinking, well, I'm not an actor, I'm not a, how how do we even remember those lines? I mean, look at all those actors who are in all these soap operas, learning brand new lines every single day, memorizing that stuff, getting it down is hard. Do you memorize them? Do you use auto cue technology? What do you do?
0: Well, and that's the thing. It's like the intro doesn't have to be too long, That it's like, oh my gosh, I have this whole paragraph to memorize. It could be a couple sentences. Um, or we also, there are teleprompter apps that are easy to do on your phone or a little mm-hmm. attachment that you can attach to your camera. And basically, yeah, it's just, a, it's a few sentences and then we'll still have the bullet points up, whether it's on like a whiteboard, off camera, something like that, that it just, it allows us to to also for us to understand where am I going to next? Like if I'm talking about step one, what's step two that I can make sure that I lead into with my point um, so that it's also easy for, for the audience to follow that.
1: Now, as you're putting together this sort of script for the opening and bullet points for the main body of it, and then the script for the closing piece, are you starting to visualize what this video might look like when it's finished? In other words, are you thinking about bits of B-roll that might come in? Are you thinking anything to do with the finished, how the finished edit should look? Or are you literally just thinking, right, these are the things I need to say, and then I can effectively storyboard that or something in a minute?
0: we actually do that all before we even hit record. So before we hit record, we're also like doing some of the keyword research and, you know, competitor analysis of what's on YouTube and what are people actually searching for? Cause I don't want to make a video that I think people are going to be watching. I want to make a video that I actually have the data to know what people are watching so that I can also position it the right way. So if people are looking for, you know, this topic, but then, or I, you know, I want to make a, t- a video on this topic. But when I see the keyword research that they're looking for it, like with a little bit of a twist, I know how I need to position my video to speak to exactly what they're looking for. And then I will uh, like write the intro, the outro, the bullet points. And from that, I'm able to make a shot list of here's the B roll or here's the location, or here's like some, I, you know, I want to be entertaining with the video. The first 15 seconds of the video are really important to hook your audience. And if, if you get people intrigued in the first 15 seconds, seconds, there's a better chance that they're going to continue watching more of the way through. So I put a little bit more effort, especially into the intro, whether that means like I do something funny or something just interesting with, with my, you know, editing effects. Um, so I plan that out before I even hit record. Cause if I have to go back and change it, it just, it's more efficient if you plan it out before you even, before you even film it.
2: It totally is. And you talked about something really interesting there, which was about how you keep people so compelled and hooked into the content of your video. And I know you've got a number of strategies that you use. You call them verbal. What did you call them? I mean, we were talking about that earlier on. Uh, Slight uh,
0: of mouth. Sleight, of, of, sleight um, of mouth.
2: I mean, <laughs> wow, I love that. I love that.
0: Yeah. It's, so, uh, it's
2: so, so is that something? Is this sleight of mouth thing you talk about a thing to do with what you say in those videos? How does that work out?
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of a way. So, kind of like how I said, you don't want to just like tell your audience like you drag them kicking and screaming. I love to use that example of mm-hmm. there. You can't just tell them what to do. You have to show them. You have to give them that visual or that emotional kind of shift because people are going to make decisions based on emotion, and your storytelling has to overpower their stories aka their false beliefs that they're telling themselves so if you're able to shift and to to use your words in a way that that helps them to see that instead of just telling them because if I just said to you or here's like our parents said to this so many times the stove is hot don't touch it but you had to try it out yourself to really understand right so if I can speak to you in a way that is giving you that visual like so for example like some of the sleight of mouth patterns is um like there's 14 of them. So I'll just give you like a yeah, few. Yeah. Give us, a, um, give us a,
2: a selection. Some of your favorites.
0: Yeah. So here's like, um, the chunk up pattern. So if someone's saying like, here's a, what's a common objection to, to sales, like if people are, uh, you know, you're trying to sell something. And, um, so here's an example of something that I would say if, disrupt the no of a sale so here's what's called chunk up if that were true everyone who and whatever you generalize an element to like the belief that a larger classification that changes or reinforces the relationship so for example like the past doesn't accurately predict the future knowledge can wrap evolve rapidly when it's reconnected with the processes which naturally update it so when you're um maybe that wasn't a great example let me give you another one
2: Um, i was making my head spin i mean it's a great example (laughs) for like if confusion equals learning i'm learning
0: <laughs> so um let's see uh I'm trying to find my notes here. Um <laughs> it's like a consequence. So for example, like you want to direct attention to the effect whether it's positive or negative of their belief or like whatever, you know, when they have these objections. So the generalization defined by that belief with changes or is gonna reinforce their belief. So if I say when you expect something to be difficult, it's going to seem that much easier when you finally do it. So we're acknowledging our concerns, which like that's going to allow them to set aside so they can focus on what matters. Analogies are a really great example of thought of, of these patterns. So finding a relationship defined by that belief that challenges or reinforces the generalization. So if you're saying like, a belief is like a law, but even very old laws can be changed quickly if enough people vote for something new. And so you're changing That's that belief, which is, so it's like, like a, a computer program. Yeah.
2: That's really, really interesting. Okay. Give us one more of your sleight of math techniques.
0: Okay. So, um, let's see another one. Um, maybe like a reality strategy. So you're reinforcing the belief that, or like the fact that people operate from their perception of the world in order to build their belief. So for example, you could say like, how specifically do you know that you've had this belief for a long time? Or what particular qualities of what you see or hear when you think about changing this belief, make it seem difficult.
2: Okay. Wow. Okay. So it's literally about altering and sort of spinning that round.
0: Yeah. Or like, here's, here's um, like a really specific one is like, if, if I'm speaking to an artist, like artists are known to use their inner struggles as a source for inspiration for creativity. I wonder what type of creativity your efforts to change your belief might bring out in you.
2: That's so it, like,
0: it okay. makes them think instead of just saying, like, you should just change that belief. Like, you're struggling. This is hard. You don't have to be this hard. But you're asking it in a question or framing it in a way that makes them think, oh, interesting. I want to, I want to ask myself that. Or like if I said, you know, most people don't even recognize that their limitations are a function of their beliefs that can be changed at all. You're doing a lot better than the average person, aren't you?
1: So are these sleight of mouth things, something that you would typically sort of sprinkle throughout the script of the video, or is it something yeah. where you think this is like, this is a structure for, you know, there's 14 of them and this is the structure for how I write everything. And therefore everything I say has to be worded in, in one of everything I'm going to say fits into one of these 14 categories. How does that sort of fit?
0: Yeah. So I want, like we script our videos and I can give you an example. So for, you know, we, we have a client that's in the weight loss industry, which is very, I mean, super saturated. There's a lot of videos about weight loss and health. And so if she just said something like, listen, you've gained weight and it's not healthy or attractive for you to eat. keep eating donuts for breakfast, right? Just stop eating donuts. That's the way that you would just be like telling them, right? right. And so if I were to put slight of mouth into this, I could say the crash you feel, the unstable energy and brain fog that comes from when you choose to force the enemy of your progress into your body for breakfast the processed sugar, the fat and starch shaped into a tire, a round ball. That's your body begging you to own who you're meant to be, to free yourself from the bondage you feel in your very own body. Each morning, the choice is yours, life and abundant health or enjoy, or the enemy of your progress. So see how I like paint the visual. I tell the story, but I'm also saying something in a way that I'm like, you get to choose. Like here's the, I used consequence in that, in that case.
1: Right now, he, now here's the second part of that question, which is: if you were to do the first one, which is stop eating donuts and you'll be healthier, <laughs> that's much easier to say without really thinking about it. You can blab your way through that without without any particular planning, that's and that, your, that, what, that would what, be fine. Immediate reaction of I want to say this, but. To, to to take the more sort of artistic, almost poetic approach that you just gave us in that second example, that requires well, unless you're just so great at it, you've just come up with that on the spur of the moment. That's that why Shakespeare. That requires some more thought. So is this something where you say, Do you know what? If I'm gonna use three or four of these little sleight of mouth techniques throughout my video script, I'm gonna script those those bits word for word? Is that how you do it? Or do you just have to get so good at it you can do it without thinking?
0: I mean, definitely like I I have bullet points to make sure that I'm saying it properly. And if I'm going to tell like a longer story that I really want to paint that visual, I'm probably going to script it word for word. But the more you practice them, the more, and you'll start even like using them in regular conversation when you realize um, how you can, I mean, even just in conversations with like your sister or something, you can use that kind of like analogies or consequences or redefining using counter examples. Like they're all different ways that you can use those slight of mouth patterns in day to day as well as your videos.
1: Okay, this is really interesting. So I think it's time that we interrupt the first this episode for the very first time to yes. play our very first special
2: game of the episode. Now this is a game that we've put together exclusively for you. Yes, because we won- we watched one of your well, a number of your videos, but we know that you went and had your honeymoon with your, your fine husband over in Disney right? Yes. So yes. you're obviously a huge fan of Disney. You collect the, uh, the pin badges, which I don't understand the pin badges thing. We'll talk about that uh, <laughs> later off air, I think. But you're a big fan of Disney. So the, what we're going to do is going to give you 10 Disney-related facts. And I use facts in inverted commas air quotes because some of these facts, well, they're not facts. We, wanna te- we want you to guess or figure out or deduct whether these facts are indeed facts or they are are just works of Disney fiction. Here's the first one for you, Marley. Is this true, or is it false? Snow White was the first
1: movie to release a soundtrack. Is that true? First ever movie. Is that true or false?
0: Oh, um, I would say true. I know it was the first Disney movie, so I would say true.
2: It is is true, true. yes. Okay, Dumbo was on the cover of Time magazine.
0: Hmm. I would say false.
2: It is false, but only just false. It was actually, it was planned. It was going to happen and just missed out. Yeah. Oh,
1: is this true or false? Walt Disney's favorite piece of animation ever was the moment that the fairy godmother transformed Cinderella's rags into a beautiful ball gown. False.
2: False. It's true, actually. What? He loved that. He, there was something magical about that. He really loved it. Yeah, that's his favorite. Oh, I was animation. feeling so confident not, about that. Yeah. <laughs> not that
1: he told me himself.
2: But, no, no, know. no, it's not. Yeah, okay. Uh, true or false, Jackie Chan was the voice of the Beast in, for some people in the movie.
0: For some people? <laughs> um, I was going to say False. It's actually true in the
2: in the Chinese translation
0: Oh I should have you known it's the voice before. of the beast
1: How cool is that Funny! <laughs> And next, uh, to land Robin Williams for Aladdin, the animators created test sequences of the genie actually performing some of the comedians' stand-up routines. Is that true or false?
0: Oh, that's hilarious. I hope it's true. I know that they had to go through a lot to get him, so I'll say true.
2: It is true. Absolutely. They could have asked me. I'd have done it. (laughs) Just, Just for making somebody have ridiculous hair. 101 Dalmatians was the first truly original Disney cartoon in terms of its plotline.
0: I'm not sure what that means. I'm going to say false.
2: So the, okay. uh, It was false. You are right. Actually, Lion King was the first plotline that they didn't borrow from somewhere else or get inspired by. Oh, I see. They literally wrote it from scratch.
1: Here's one for you. A hyena researcher sued Disney over the Lion King for, you know, painting hyenas to be evil animals.
0: Oh, so sad I'll, I'll probably say it's true
2: <laughs> it is true he did sue them he did okay so the look of Rapunzel entangled was based so, so like what she looks like what she looks like, like yeah, yeah. of Rapunzel entangled is based on Hannah Montana
0: um maybe I'll say true
2: no, it's a big fat lie. It so was. A true, true. True. So we
1: had fun making that we one up. Was <laughs> <a fun life. laughs> Believable. Absolutely. And <laughs> finally, Sleeping Beauty was originally going to be brunette but the animator had just divorced his brunette wife and changed her hair to blonde in annoyance.
0: <laughs> that sounds so ridiculous. I think it's false.
1: <laughs> it is false. We try to make you it can,
2: so ridiculous, you might think it was
1: true. You can credit Grace here. That's and I'll hilarious.
0: To that that was yeah, thanks, idea. Grace. Thanks I
1: wasn't
2: counting, so I don't know what you know. But you did well. But
0: you you did, did well. I think I did good. That you was so fun.
2: Good. Yeah, there you go. You are a real Disney buff, aren't you? And they're really good at the whole storytelling thing. Obviously, that's, that's their thing. So... When let's just go take a look back at our... We're not going to actually script and structure these videos. So the opening bit, what's our, what's our, what's our hook? How do we get them to listen to begin with? And then we'll go for that next bit, just as a sort of summary bit. So our opening bit, what do we have to achieve in that opening part of the video?
0: Mm-hmm. Think of it like, I mean, when you watch an episode of your favorite TV show, like something that's going to draw you in and get you like, you, you want them to get comfortable and bring out the bowl of popcorn and, and be interested in, in the rest of your video. So even, I mean, whether you're making an educational video or an inspirational video, or if it's just a vlog, like vlogs, by the way, a lot of people think like, I'll just turn my camera on and film myself and just random stuff. Well, it does
2: look that way often, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. But I mean, you have to make it like, don't just, don't make it a home video because who are home videos entertaining for? Only the people who are in them. So, so make sure that your videos actually do have a storyline. So when it comes to the beginning of the video, I want to do something that really hooks and intrigues them or makes them laugh. So I did a video recently where I was talking about um, being confident on camera. And so the beginning of the video, I'm like, do you ever see those people who, you know, love the camera? And then it kind of goes to a video of me like voguing and being kind of silly in front of the camera and pretending I'm, it's just like a two sec, two or three second little like montage. Yeah. We saw that. (laughs) And then, you know, and have you ever seen those people who are so afraid of the camera? And then my husband comes in with the camera. He's like, Hey babe. And I'm like, Oh my God, get that thing away from me. And it's just, it's kind of a funny little comparison and, and hopefully makes people laugh or people can go, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm afraid of the camera. That's kind of like me. And, and so then it gets them interested and in, in, to keep watching. It can so be I
2: intimidating like, having a big lens in your face, can't it? Yeah, it
0: can. And, and cause it's not really, I always tease this like, you're not afraid of the camera cause it's a piece of metal and plastic, but you're afraid of like, what's going to come from that of the people who are watching or, or seeing that image or whatever. And are they judging?
1: Yeah, of course.
2: Of course. Yep. So you've got, so you've got, so, okay, so we've, we've got, we've got that whole bit. So that opening sequence has to do, let's just summarize. What is that?
0: Um, the opening sequence of the, of the video, we want it to be something that that really is like the peak of pulling out some sort of emotion, whether it's humor or, you know, laughter inspiration, something like that, that really is like, Oh yeah, I want to settle in and watch the rest of this video.
2: Cool. Like curiosity is really powerful there. Curiosity.
0: That, yeah.
1: Now, script-wise, and we're going to dip into the produ- production of this a little bit as well, but script-wise, how do we now transition neatly from this really interesting hook that effectively has to summarize and grab their attention and get them ready for the, the sort of the bulk of the presentation? Mm. How do we now transition, I suppose, from the end of that into the, the main bulk of the content? So we're going from the
2: teaser bit... Yeah. Into the content. Yeah.
1: Do you prefer to have some sort of cool uh, animation that pops up and like with some music, like and a stuff? title sequence, and then yeah, like a title sequence, and then you can kind of start your main script from 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 scratch, you know, almost like it was its own piece of video, or do you like transition across verbally? How do you do that structure? Work? Yeah.
0: I do it verbally. So we'll say like a little future pace them. So like by the end of this video, you're going to know how to make millions of dollars from being able to script your videos in a way that converts people and makes everyone throw their credit cards at you. So keep watching. And so, and something that they're like, Oh man, I like, I got to watch the end of this video so mm-hmm. I can get that result. And then we might do a little like two or three second. Cause again, you got to keep them retained. Um, little montage. Maybe it's like a, you know how, like, when you watch commercials on TV that are like, oh, this next episode and this is what happens, and you kind of hook them by maybe you have a blooper or maybe you um, just have a montage of something that you're demonstrating, and it's honestly, it's two seconds because you just have to get right into the content.
1: Now, this is slightly off topic, but I think it does affect the scripting because, again, one of the things that terrifies me about doing all of this is working out, like, we sort of touched on earlier about how the whole thing's going to finish up and look. So, are you. Somebody who prefers to have all of the content. So you're kind of, let's imagine for the whole of this video, for, for the main bulk of the content, I'm going to be sat on this sofa with that bookshelf behind me with the camera out in front, looking at the camera. Or apart from those little cool sort of, you know, like the little voguing in front of the camera bits, the sort of <laughs> the sort of novelty bits, but for the actual content itself, or do you prefer to have a bit of a mix? So for the first minute, I'm going to be sat talking to the camera. Then the next bit, we're going to get in the car and go for a drive and the camera's going to be there. Do you prefer to keep it all in one place? Or do you think actually for interest purposes, we need to make this jump about a bit? And how does that affect the structure and scripting of it?
0: If there's a movement, I definitely think that keeps the audience intrigued. Of course, I mean, the choreography or just the planning of it has to be, it has to make sense. Like if I'm going to get in the car, where am I going? What's happening? Um, it, It could be really cool and keeps the audience engaged because when you are standing in one place, there's something that we call attention resets in our editing that we have to make sure that even though we, we might be standing still, that the editing shows like a different image or B-roll or just changes the the frame, like the view. So whether it's zoomed in or zoomed out or to the left, um, so that the audience isn't just looking at one thing the whole time. Like when you think of an episode of Friends, they didn't just have one camera showing the entire apartment. They had like a close-up on Phoebe and then it panned over to Ross or whatever. So um, I, it's great if there can be movement, but it definitely takes more effort and more time to do that. So for the most part, when we want to batch uh, several videos in in one day, what we'll do is put a little bit more time into the intros to hook them at the beginning. And then the content, depending on what it is, will typically be still for, and like just in one space and the camera on us for, for the, the content part of it.
1: Okay. Now, one of the dangers of doing this, if you think, right, I'm going to create loads of YouTube content on loads of different topics, right? So this video is going to be about this thing and then this video is going to be about that thing and this other video is going to be about this other thing. It would be very easy, and I know I would do it anyway, to fall into the trap of having three videos that have exactly the same structure. So they've got an interesting hook and that's going to be different. They've got an interesting close and that's going to be different. But then I'm going to teach this thing and I'll find four four bullet points to break that down into. And that's bullet point one, bullet point. How do we kind of get it so that our content is structured enough that we, we get good at delivering it. But equally, the scripting doesn't just sound like you're saying this, you know, saying different things in exactly the same way in every, in every video. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, it's a very common thing that we hear that when, because we also work with clients where we'll batch film six months of content in three days. So mm-hmm. we have all of these videos and we film a lot of them back. I mean, obviously, six months of them back to back. And sometimes the, the person on camera will go, oh, I already said that. But here's the thing, just because you said it in a previous video doesn't mean that everyone is watching every single minute of all of your videos. Because think how people are finding your YouTube content. It's a search engine. So these people may be finding this video for the first time. So they're coming in. They, they need to know that point, especially if it's something that's important to, to validating what your what your topic is. Um, but the other thing is, there's nothing wrong with you repeating an important teaching point because if that's your message people do need to hear it and it's not that you'd say it the exact same way the exact same script um, you think of like the people that you follow on on social media and why do you follow them why do you know their message so well because they're they're loud about it that they're they're sharing it in a way that that intrigues people and it shifts their emotional beliefs and so there's nothing wrong with saying it Multiple times, like we're hearing it multiple times, and we might think, and, and that's if you're sharing your message enough to the point that you're getting annoyed at it, that like you you hear it so much that obviously you have it memorized. That's a that's a good thing. It is your message, and that's something that people need to need to hear from you. And if people are saying you say this too much, maybe listen to your audience if they're if we're um, fatiguing them with that message. But if it's something powerful and it's scripted in a way that is shifting their beliefs and allowing them to really understand whether it's the consequence or the benefit or the pain point of what you're, what you're providing, you've done your job.
2: You totally have. I think one of the things I definitely struggled with is I got to a point, like you said, exactly what you said, Molly, which was, I'm I'm sick of telling people my story and who really cares anymore. Like surely everybody knows this right now. But the big change for me was when I changed the belief, like anything else that we keep talking about, is changing that emotional mindset, changing that belief and changing that, that state that you're in, is actually rather than it being me repeating myself and saying the same boring old crap every time. Instead, if you see it as your cornerstone or your keystone message or keystone story, then you'll sometimes feel guilty for not having included it. Because if everything you do is built on this one keystone, then if that, which it should be, if everything's surrounding it, if everything's around it in that and relies on that, which is all to do with your brand, your positioning, your why, your mission, your intention, all that sort of stuff, then you have a responsibility to make sure people do know that. Because actually without that, the rest of it doesn't really have the, the legitimacy, the gravitas or, or the reason why, right?
0: Absolutely. You nailed it. I love, I love what you said there about like, this is going to become a keystone of your content. And think of like uh, every time I get on a, a podcast, I'm explaining my origin story. Like how did right. you create the business you have today? And for me, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I got to tell the story again. I feel like right. everyone heard it a million times because I've said it a million times, but this is probably a new audience. Even if there are people who've heard this story before, Maybe you tell it in a different way or, or it's like, who if, if they've heard it before, if they want to skip through, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But there are other people who need to hear it and you don't want to sacrifice the aha moment that someone could have had that they needed because you're insecure that someone else is bored of hearing it because maybe they're following you enough that they've heard it a few times. That's a good thing.
2: It is another really easy way of getting over the fact that repeat, listen is just a little hint that I've learned from doing this as well is to make your story apply to each interview you're doing to each context or each story that you're giving. So Mm -hmm. you've got your, you've got your, you've got your keystone story, but how that, Resonates and how it applies to the thing you're talking about, whether it's the context you're in or the subject you're talking about or the thing you're addressing in that video will be different. So if, if it's that same one piece of content, but you can talk about how it applies, that's going to make it different. One of the things I've got to ask you about them, Molly, is is about cross, what I would call crossover content. How do you feel about referencing other videos or other pieces of content within that video? Would you ever say, hey, blah, 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 blah. blah. We talked more in detail about that thing in video number 27. Go and check it. Here's a link and then continue. Because there's one school of thought, which is very much about internal linking and keeping people within your quote unquote universe. And on the other side, that could be seen as taking people away and reducing video completion rates. Where do you sit on that strategically?
0: I think it's a great thing. I mean, we want people to binge watch our content the way that they do on Netflix. Um, so even if they do skip away, there's, it's still adding watch time to your channel. And in the YouTube analytics, we actually see how many how many videos people are watching on our channel. So it's a good thing to know that if I'm getting all these unique viewers and they're watching an average of three, four, five videos, that means that I'm warming up my audience and I'm, I'm doing my job correctly to be able to warm them up towards maybe being a potential customer.
2: Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense.
1: Love it. Now, we're going to interrupt this episode for a second and final time to play our second and final. It's our favorite Uh game. Now, here's how it works. My colleague Kennedy here. Hello. That's him. He's going to sing a song for you now, Marley, but he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional British pub singer. That means that some of the words, all of the words, are going to be somewhat hard to understand. Your job, and of course, dear listeners at home, your job as well, is to simply guess what song Kennedy sings. So without further ado, take it away.
2: the hell pissed a be. and birds here. It pissed be bee, of be. and birds Are you sure that's the
1: song I picked for you? Yes.
2: Which I'll do, I'll do that bit. It did
0: me which
1: I'm looking bit. at the lyrics. Which bit was that? That
0: was good. I <laughs> guess
2: this, you're going to be furious. Yeah, what yeah song I, I
0: probably will. Uh, I I don't even know if it followed the melody. Like I I like part of me feels like it. It should be something I know. Can you give me a hint?
2: Uh, there's no hints. The hint was in the song. In the fact, <laughs> the we, in the we sang. In fact, I'm not it even, I'm cute. not even oh. going to let you do it one
1: more time.
0: Oh, you know, not. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. I, you yes. gotta tell me. I'm, that's, and then you'll have to show me, sing it oh, again. So there was a
2: secret little clue in there for that you. That was as a well. little clue. That it was, was Britney a- Spears. Baby, one more time.
0: No. Yes, of course it was. Yeah. Crazy. Oh my gosh. That's, that was, you did well done. Well done. Thank you.
2: Thank you. I'm bowing. I'm bowing. Thank you. Thank you. Stop it. Sit down. Sit down. Um, So to, to, to bring this conversation to a close, really, I suppose we now know that we're going to use all of these very clever slide of math things in the middle to use these language patterns. We've opened it up with this curiosity, a really good hook. We've probably put some kind of link in there. These days, in this modern world where we are right now, what do we do in terms of t- getting people to take action? First of all, what's an acceptable action to expect somebody to take in a video? And how do, what's a really legit way these days of actually making them take that of asking for that action?
0: So I like to, so every single video should have a call to action because if it doesn't, it's like going on a first date with the, the person of your dreams and then being like, I want to go on a second date, but I'm going to play hard to get and they don't get the cue and then you never see them again and you're miserable for the rest of your life. You have to ask for it if you want them to take that next step with you because you, I mean the intention of every single video is that you're providing them value in a way that they're, they're intrigued. They now have a solution. And some people will say, well, isn't asking them to download something spammy? Heck no, not if you're giving them more value. So for example, if people are watching my videos about how to film a YouTube video, and then I'm like, hey, by the way, I actually have this masterclass in the link below about how to batch film your content, how to create 60 days of social media and video content in eight hours. That's something that I want people to go, oh my God, I need that. That sounds amazing. I'm not spamming them. I'm giving them more value. And if I didn't give that to them, I could be doing them a disservice and then they could go to my competitor or someone else who doesn't have the same level of integrity or value that I can give them. And then they'll be misled and I will have done a disservice to them. So don't think about giving them a call to action or giving them something else as, as spammy. Like what can you give them that is going to give them the the next solution to the next problem they might have. So for example, if you have a video about like how to get rock solid abs like a six pack well great now you have the six pack or now you might need now you might need biceps so here's my my workout on how to you know get the gun show going so you like you <laughs> <laughs> you've solved problem A what's problem B that you can have in a lead magnet in the link below so i always like to do um, something something that's automated something that's easy for me because If I have something on YouTube where I'm like, I'll have a free hour-long phone call with you, I can't fulfill on that. But if I can have something that's easy, that's downloadable, that's providing them a ton of value, that's allowing them to know, like, and trust me even more and build a deeper connection, you've done your job.
2: Right. So we're not going to be asking for the sale. We're not going to be saying, hey, thank you for watching my lovely video about how to feel much more confident on camera. I've got a two grand course. Have at it. Here's my PayPal.
0: Nope. You, uh, you haven't warmed them up enough yet. Like, so think about, think about how you'd have an interaction with someone in person if you just met them for the first time at a cocktail party and you're like, awesome. Do you want to give me a few thousand dollars now? Um, you haven't warmed them up enough yet. You, you haven't taken them home for dinner. Like (laughs) you gotta, you have to warm them up a lot more and and in multiple different touch points before they're going to trust you enough or like you enough to, to hand over some
2: cash. Hmm. Absolutely. And what are you finding on some really strong offers? So is the, are you finding from YouTube specifically, are you finding people going and downloading some kind of checklist is working really well, or is it a video course? Cause it's video, video, like how are you building that into the script?
0: I think it depends on the next uh, uh, like what's what's the value ladder that you want to bring them to anything can be amazing it just has to be something that really is giving them tangible takeaways there are a lot of checklists and ebooks but yours can still stand out depending on what exactly you're giving in that ebook like if you're just giving a summary of everything you just talked about in the video I'd be like well I already got this but if you're showing me a new thing and something that's actually giving me something that I can implement right now I see that as very valuable. So uh, checklists, PDFs, downloads, video series—you um, can send them to a, an automated webinar. And mm-hmm. and typically, like you, the more value you give them, or even the more time that you offer them, that's going to warm them up more towards getting maybe a, a higher ticket price point for them to sign up for whatever your products or services are.
1: Right. It's about just deepening that relationship with you, isn't it? Super yep. cool. Now, Marley, we're now going to jump over into what we lovingly refer to as the quick fire round. Hey!
2: You don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. What would be a book you'd recommend?
0: Expert Secrets.
1: Love it. What's your top success habit? Something that you do regularly?
0: Oh, I'm just obsessed with my commitments. So I write down everything and I look at them as though they're commitments. They're not just to-do lists.
2: That's very, very interesting shift. So which entrepreneurs or marketers do you really look up to?
0: Alex Sharpen.
2: Good answer. What are your
1: favorite apps that you think are super cool right now?
0: Um, there's an app called productive and, uh, it's just like habits that I, that I do every day. And I'm a person that I like to check things off. So, uh, it keeps me committed to my habits.
2: Okay. I love that. Big, important question. Very important. Everything rests on this. Who do you like more? Red haired Rob or platinum haired Kennedy?
0: Oh, that's, you can't, you're going to, that's, I can't answer that. I like you both.
2: Okay. <laughs> she chickened out. She chickened out. I
0: chickened out chickened <laughs> finally,
1: most she in, on the fence. Finally, most importantly of all, tell us Marley, where can people go to find out more about you?
0: Oh, awesome. MarleyBairdMedia.com or my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash MarleyBairdMedia.
2: Really easy. We've got all the links to all of that stuff in the show notes. I'll give you the link to that in but a moment's time. Mali, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been great to hang out.
0: This is the best. Thank you.
2: so important if we know anything or if we would learn anything from doing this podcast to know what you're going to say before you say it. I don't know about you, but one of the big changes I made when I'm creating content is to write a plan of all my pieces of content I'm going to record. Otherwise, I mean, how many times have we done it in the past where we finish doing one bit of content, we press stop on the camera and we step back and go, right, what are we are going to talk about in the next one? Like you need to have that sort of block plan ready to go, don't you? So that's a really good,
1: yeah, I mean, and otherwise,
2: especially with batch content production, you do
1: get really drained by the time you get past the first few. I think winging it sounds quite easy because you think, well, I know me. But also, it sounds stuff. cool, doesn't it? Oh, I just did it off the cuff. Like, I'm yeah. so cool. <laughs> I didn't revise at all for that
2: exam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it doesn't really work. I mean, I, I've been recording some videos for one of my niches, and I sat down just a few weeks ago and wrote 45 themes for videos, 45 of them. And it didn't take me very long, about an hour. I just wrote down what each of the 45 videos is going to be about and then I'm recording them in a random order. And the reason I'm not doing, I'm not recording them like video one, video two, video three is because because your stream of consciousness one seems to relate to the next. You don't want to end up with, you know, one of my things was about traffic, for example. I was like, ooh, traffic method. And then I would end up with like five or seven or something videos, which were consecutively about traffic, which I didn't want to end up with. So I'm recording them in a random order, but having that plan means I just open up a little notebook when it's time of the week or yeah, when it's that time of the week to, to record the videos and I just don't have to think about, I don't have to be creative anymore. I can just go and do it. Which Was I really 45
1: used. a random number or has it got some logic behind it?
2: It's um, it, there is logic behind it. It's how many I need to do. So let me tell you a little quick thing about that. So basically I've got an event in this niche in, uh, in September. And for the month leading up to that, I want to do, I want to release one video a day. But before, between now and that month beforehand, I want to release a video every five days, and it's the, thats the exact number of videos I need, plus three spares in case I run out of ideas. So there was some science behind it. So it wasn't a random number. Excellent. Very cool. There you go. So there you go. A little bit extra takeaway. If you want to read the show notes on everything we've just been talking about, well, not that bit particularly, although they will be there too, everything that Marley was just talking about,
1: Rob, where will we go and find those? Just head over to blog.responsesuite.com forward slash 071.
2: And if you haven't already, make sure you do pop by your favorite podcast player and leave us a review. We'll read them out on the show. It's really good to hear who's listening, who's listening to us out there in podcast land as well. Thank you so much. Don't miss a thing. Miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog dot response